0: Computer. and uh yeah so we are we're live recording with uh, with gary parks um you know gary most people know who you are but i'd love to you know just hear a quick introduction okay about, you know who you are and you know one thing we did with john gomes two weeks ago which i never asked him this question is about his past and how he got where he is and
1: frankly i'd love to hear that about you too okay And and actually uh Uh, Julia and the Gomes team is is a client of mine. I coach them as well. Um, I started my own business uh, in sales when I was 23. And I've been involved in sales and running my own marketing firm, um, you know, for many, many years in different types of of businesses. And business is business, basically. Um, I got involved in coaching about 12, 15 years ago. Initially, I was coaching as a mental conditioning coach for professional athletes. Um, I worked for uh, teams in the NHL, major leagues, NFL, um, Olympic athletes, and uh, Division I college in helping athletes uh, mentally remain confident, focused, and strong. And um, then I switched into business from, by an invitation uh, one of my past athletes became in business. He brought me into his company, and then from there I moved up and got involved with real estate because I found that real estate agents and athletes are very similar mentally. Then demands are mental. Okay. You know, you're as good as your last game, you're as good as your last sale. Okay, nothing is guaranteed. Uh if you don't if you don't secure, if you don't win, your competitor is gonna come in and beat you. So you have that constant pressure to think on your feet. You got to pivot constantly, right? You got to always have, and and it's a confidence game. The reality is that's what you sell is confidence. So I'm going to talk more about that. And I was fortunate enough to start to work within the DE ecosystem, if you will, by working in some offices that got me into other offices and go vertical marketing. And uh, as of today, um, obviously I, I work with Scott as well as many. Don't if you don't know that. Um, I also coach Scott Durkin, who is the president and CEO of the company. Um, I coach a lot of the top producers: uh, Paul Weebin, the Up and Gomes team. I've worked with Noble Black, worked with Josh Rubin. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Basically, I tend to work with the um, with the rising stars and the top producers. I even worked with I worked with uh, uh, Stacy and Nancy, who are in Westchester. Worked with them for many years throughout the time as well um and that's the area that I like to work in okay i'm not really designed as the you know the the, the coach for the new agent who's trying to learn the business i'm really a, a, you know look at what your business is look how you're communicating tweak it to make it more effective um and i look look at it from a different perspective um and i also coach uh, howard Lover i had a session with him yesterday so i'm really Well, you know, I I do understand the mentality. I've studied it. I work with real estate agents all day long. Um, You know, I get calls all all during the day. How do I handle this deal? How do I handle this client? What do I do here? What do I do there? And I am really focused on not so much the real estate aspect of it. Don't ask me to price a home. But I really focus on what's called behavioral science. What, What makes people tick? What works in their head? And I help people understand how to do things to make your job easier and to become more emotionally compelling to your clients to get more yeses so that's it in a nutshell i don't know if that's impressive i don't know if that's exciting but that's the truth
0: (laughs) no i mean it is very impressive and uh you know it's, it's definitely good to hear that and hear all those those that you coach and to me, one big common misconception of top agents is they don't need coaching.
1: Oh and, no, they all, you know, have, they all do and they all have. You know, I've worked with all of them. And you know, it's really interesting is, is all, even in professional sports, you know, the, the people who gravitated towards me were the people who were the, the top people in their sport, you know, yeah. in their game and in business, the top people in their business. And understand one thing. I like to explain it this way. When you're running your business, you're creating a business. It's like an artist creating a, a, a picture, you know, you buy your canvas. I am the person that's taking a step back and seeing it from a different perspective. So with my uh, experience, with my knowledge, and with my able to say, hey, you know, it's like the old Bob Ross days, right? Hey, how about put a little happy little sun in there, or let's do this this way. By that little switch can take something that's really almost great and just put it over the top.
0: So, I mean, to dive right into the agents that we've got on right now, um, you know, last time we definitely talked about some more topical stuff and, you know, what was happening in the market, how to address those needs. Uh, And I think there's been a lot of coverage on that, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on, okay, you know, we're in a sort of relative pause. Uh, Everyone knows that it's going to pick up rapidly soon. Uh, right. What should agents be doing today, right now? Great
1: point. Great question. So basically, we went over the last time. i going to go over it again. There were three basic phases when we went through this COVID crisis. Phase one is the survival and shock phase, and that's, that's when we stocked up on toilet paper. Okay. Phase two is the acceptance phase, and that's when we accept where we're in and we start to evaluate what we're going to do next. What, what can we do? What can't we do? How do I keep my business current? What do I, you know, what can I do in my business? What can I do in my life? How do I get through this on a daily basis? Um, And then phase three, which is what we're in right now, is the plan ahead phase. Um, And that's really where you have to now do things differently than you did during phase one and phase two. So these are the things you should be doing as of today, okay? Number one is start shifting all of your social media and your marketing and your branding from personal this is what I made today. This is what, how i 'm dealing with these things and that was a phase one and phase two kind of stuff and now let 's go back into business. Start to post more about real estate and less about personal things. Start doing more videos and, and real estate. Start dressing you know more business like okay you know I just had a session with with a top producer here in the city. And I said, "You know, imagine if you will, back to school time, right? You know you know back to school is like in September, and you know you start seeing the ads for back to school in August. Well, this is where we are, right? This is where we are right now, so you have to now start to get back into your business and start promoting yourself and rebranding yourself that you're business ready. And I'll tell you why that's important. Your audience or your, what I call your farm or your audience that is following you, that reads your emails, that read, sees your email blast, that you speak to, they're looking for leadership in this way. They, If they think that you're not in business, but your business doors are closed, so to speak, they're gonna be turned off or they're not gonna be motivated to talk business. But when they see that you're open when they see that you're doing business, you're serious about business, that's gonna help them approach you and and say, hey, you're open. Let's talk business. So it's really important that you start to brand yourself that way. Now, there's something called front-loading branding. And what that basically is is this. If you would have sent out an email blast once a month in any, you know, either a newsletter or an email blast to your farm or your area, you now want to do it at least twice a month. And I have clients doing it every week. If you're posting stuff three times a week, you want to post things every day. You should be posting stuff every day on all the social media platforms and make it not just what I had for dinner last night. This is my last creation. Look how cute my kids are. Make it real estate related. Another thing that I recommend that you start to do is get really comfortable doing video and you know we're doing zoom a lot more people are going to be looking at video a lot different i'm going to explain that in a second so it's really important now that you start doing your own video and i would recommend that you do like a 30 second video talking about a topic that people are thinking about you know where the market's going to be you know how the how's the prices going to be you know what's the what's the inventory going to be like things like that and i want you to address you know, and do a video, post it on social media, send down an email blast. That's another thing that you should should definitely be doing. And really create a checklist and say, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you doing these things? It's time to tell the world that you're open for business. And even though that many people still can't show, it doesn't mean you can't fill that bucket of opportunities Mm -hmm. up because you want to prepare before it happens, right? A great restaurant doesn't start to prepare when the doors open. It prepares way before that. And that's the way you have to be proactive and really start thinking ahead of the game. Because you don't want to, what you want to do is catch the market, you don't want to chase the market. And you know, we talked about John Gomes, I know they do a lot of things right now that are preparing themselves that when the doors open up and they can start to really interact with business, it's gonna be crazy. And I have clients who've been doing this successfully, and have been doing everything along the way, reaching out to past clients, all these things. <coughs> that now, when the when the doors open up, they're going to be packed and busy. Another thing you should also do is the people, the past clients, and the people you have reached out to um, in the fra- phase one, just to make hey, are you okay? I make sure you're okay. It's perfectly fine. I recommend that you re reach out to them again now. I hope you're continuing to do, be well. I hope you look. Hope you know. Can't wait for us to reopen. The head that people have during phase one could be different than phase three.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's another thing that you, you should definitely be doing. We reach out to people, post every day on social media, start doing videos and start getting comfortable in videos.
0: Now, can we talk a little bit more about conveying an image to a client? And, you know, you mentioned that clients want to work with those that are successful, right. uh, but can you, you know, can you, Add to that a little bit more. Yeah, and sure. Also, so they, yeah,
1: there... so, right. Um, we sell one thing and only one thing. We don't sell real estate. Real estate sells itself. Lifestyle sells itself. You can offer it, but you, you can't really sell it. If, if you show me a home and I don't feel it, I don't care what you say, you're not, I'm not going to love the home. So you got to feel the home. Right? You got to feel the property. So real estate, in essence, more or less sells itself. What you are selling is yourself. What does that mean? It means you are selling this one thing and one thing only. You are selling certainty. It's really important to understand. People are not qualified to determine how smart you are, how good you are, how much you know. But they're more than qualified to determine on how you make them feel. We always, always make emotional decisions, not rational decisions. Our decision-making process is in our rational in our emotional brain it's not in our rational brain so certainty is a feeling it's an emotional feeling you know if you were asking two people for direction and how to get to the highway and one person sounded uncertain and the other person sounded certain and they both were saying the same exact thing the person we listen to is the person who sounds certain that is the key so what creates certainty it's a perception Perception is reality. And Scott's a great question, because when you think about posting, when you think about doing things, you wanna have an objective. These are the three things that you want you want to convey, if you will, a perception that you are. Number one, that you're successful and busy. Number two, that you're knowledgeable. And number three, that you're authentic. Your personality comes through. And that's why being on video, And, you know, showing your personality that you're authentic is really, really important. So busy and successful is just really peppering, if I call it, you know, another one sold, another one listed, you know, look at the, you know, um, a new listing coming on, whatever the case may be. Knowledgeable. Let's talk about knowledge. Yes. Most real estate agents do a really good job conveying that they're knowledgeable about the market. Market reports, you know, um, what a home has, the great features. But remember, there are three things you must be knowledgeable about. Number one is the neighborhood. People buy the neighborhood first, and then they buy a home in the neighborhood generally. The next thing you have to be knowledgeable about is the lifestyle. What is the lifestyle in that neighborhood? Is a lifestyle which by the water so you can go sailing and fishing and whatever? Or is that, you know, is it a golf course? I mean, that's all lifestyle. And the third thing, of course, is the real estate. So make sure that when you highlight, when you show a property, you're showing also the neighborhood. Sell the neighborhood. Sell the lifestyle. Just don't sell the property as far as that goes. So busy and successful, knowledgeable about those three things, and also authentic. So you really make, so when you look at your social media, when you look at how you are portrayed or how you are perceived, you want to make sure that those are the things you're perceived with. And by the way, perception management is called branding. That's all branding is, is perception management. So one yeah. of our agents just chimed in,
0: uh, Chris Cortez. Thank you, by the way, Chris. Uh, how can you post on social media without
1: sounding tone deaf? Um, to
0: what's going on in the world right now.
1: Great. Great question. So um, things like for your viewing pleasure. Grateful during these times to be able you use the word grateful. grateful to be able to uh, you know help my clients buy this property during these challenging times. okay um, It's really yeah that's the way you do that okay And then if you're doing the postings and you're mixing in authentic stuff, okay, then you're, you're balancing out. So it's not all straight business, business, business. You know, if you're showing that, you know, helping out, you know, uh, neighbors or whatever the case may be. But remember that tone deaf stuff, that sensitivity, which I get, which is still important now, is less important now than it was during phase one and phase two. So the things that I'm recommending you do now, I did not recommend you do on phase one, when this thing first, when COVID first happened in phase two, okay, now people are really saying enough already, I want to get back to work, I want things to open up, there are more people itching to get back to restaurants, back to things, you know, as far as that goes generally, than there are people who are still thinking, you know, no, we, you know, we we have to just stay hunkered in the house, and I think that's really, we have to go to that mentality and approach it, for each phase, and that's it. Transitioning your mind mentally, and your and the activities you're doing mentally, and also as business from phase one to phase two to phase three.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you agree with that, Scott? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that you know
0: it, it is a fine line, and uh, you know, Gigi, I'll call on you in a second since you're PR, and if you have any more thoughts to it, um, you know, to you want to be sensitive to everything that's happening in the world. You want to show compassion. You 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 have compassion. Um, but at the same time, you're here to
1: sell real estate, and right. um, you're and here and to, to facilitate that, point, yeah. that movement. And to that point, I just want to make sure make sure everybody who's who's watching this understands something. Real estate's kind of unique. It's not a luxury item per se. It's not a want. You know, it's a you know whatever. In our primitive brain, which is our survival instinct, we have three basic needs: food, water, and shelter. And you know, real estate's a shelter part of that. Yeah. So there it's it is an essential need for survival. And there are people who, you know, need and you, we saw this when COVID happened and people left the city to go to their country homes in Connecticut or up, you know, Westchester, <laughs> or they yeah. went out east of the Hamptons. And they did that because where am I gonna where am I gonna live to survive this through? And they found a place. So real estate is a is a is a you know. A primitive brain survival instinct that must that, that has to happen. So you know, if you it's like saying to a to a, um, a, a Whole Foods, you know, don't post your hours you're open and don't post you know what you have in stock. No, you have to do that because people yeah. need to know. People need to know this. So you know, sensitivity is key, right? Self promotion you may want to tone down of who you of how great you are, but you know, put it out there that you're in business. Gigi, how do you feel about that and so uh
0: gary i don't know if you know Gigi, but she is head of rpr for the uh for the region
1: hello Gigi, how are you hey gary yeah i absolutely agree and i think social media is a great place to show showcase your human side your personality connect with your clients and prospective buyers that way through social And then for all of the deals that you're getting done right now, email me, let me know, and I can pitch that to the press. And then you can showcase, you know, the press that you've been featured in, post that link to Facebook or LinkedIn, um, have it accessible on your Instagram, because it has a different perception when it comes from the media saying that, you know, these are some deals that have been done in Westchester, you know, in the last two months, something like that then you're like out there, um, you know, just shouting at the mountaintops, like I'm doing all of these deals yeah. and kind of being insensitive. So that's no, thank what right. I and, and, just, and just to piggyback that, you know, just to kind of make, just to kind of clarify that I wouldn't post on oh, the number one agent in my office this month. Right. Well, I am a number one agent up in my region. That's insensitive. But to say you know grateful that I can help my clients close on this beautiful home is not insensitive. You see the difference, and that's the fine line that you got to work on. So there are ways to promote it. Gigi's point was great, but you know from Gigi's point, PR is you know you if, if 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 all the agents sent all their deals they've done, we can't you can't get PR in every single. <laughs> right? I mean that you know next thing you know Stephen Larkin's going to say what's going on. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so and I don't want the agents <laughs> to have this expectation that oh good I sold my. I saw the $600,000 home and I'm going to send it. And then we're going to be in the post and we're going to be featured. It does, you know, unfortunately, you know, not all of, yeah, you're going to get some of that. That's a great idea. But even for yourself, you can say just grateful to help my clients during this, during this very challenging time, find a home that they really needed. And if you you frame it that way, then it's, it, it, you can, that's how you sort of self-promote that way. Do we, do you want, do you agree, Scott? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, to sort of add on to both points, you know, irrelevant of what's happening in the, you know, in the world today, it's always easier for someone else to brag about you than you brag about yourself.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's always the case. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, that's always the case. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk about uh, video tours, if I may. Great. So um, video tours of properties, I've seen quite a few. And I've seen some decent ones, and I've seen some pretty awful ones. And I just want to hit some guidelines for you to cons- for you to be mindful of when you're doing a video tour. Video tours prior to COVID was really designed to compel people to say, "I want to see that property," and you would have buyers that you would take out and see a whole bunch of properties. My belief is, and this is situational. There's going to be, there's always exceptions to this is that buyers now are going, you're going to want to vet buyers out better. You're going to want buyers to be more committed to properties. Yep. So when they actually see the property for the first time, it's sort of like a second showing, if you will. Okay, that's the perfect world example. And this way you're not taking buyers out to 30 properties or 20 properties. Maybe with the use of the, a, good, a great video tour, you know, they, they really are connecting to it. They're connecting emotionally compelled by a video tour. So there's some basic human mental rules to help people connect greater. Number one, you wanna create something called a visual comfort zone. When a person is viewing a property for the first time, they need to get comfortable with the surroundings first before they can emotionally connect with the actual property. Mm -hmm. Remember, the objective is to emotionally connect. If you watch your favorite TV shows, would it be Seinfeld, The Honeymooners, I Love Lucy? All those shows have what's called the dominant set. It's the same set that they do every single week. And the reason is, is that the viewer is very comfortable with the set, and then they can emotionally connect with the story or the character. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So the way way that you do it, and you have to make sure, sometimes you have to direct your videographer on this, okay? because the videographers may not definitely understand that now videos need not to be this quick, look how great this is, but more of a way to connect and feel, is when you start, always wanna start with the biggest room, which is usually let's say the living space, living room space, and allow that living space to pan it for about four seconds, right? So you can feel the room. Every time you go into another room to show, allow the viewer to adjust to that room and feel it before you start showing details. Leave the best feature of that home, I call it the the cherry on top, would it be the view, the backyard, you know, whatever the case may be, for the last, because people remember the last thing they've seen, not the first thing they've seen.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Also with the video tours, start the video tour with the with you opening the door and welcoming them into the home because that's the natural progression a person walks in that video tour could be two to three minutes long
0: yeah
1: okay the video tour video itself the actual this movement of a video is much more emotionally compelling than a matterport 3d tour and i you know when i get pushback i say imagine if you will that you're going to be um, looking at a hotel someplace you've never been, been before. Yeah. You have a video tour and you have a, you know, a 3D tour. Which of those two are going to compel you more to say, yeah, I want to stay there? You really want to have both because the, the 3D tour is can be a great way to, as an adjunct to the video tour. Okay? And again, this is, everything is situational here. When you do the video tour, you want to be in the beginning of the video tour to welcome them to the property and make sure your face is on the video and and talking. And then you want to be at the end on the video to thank them or say, if you have any more information, reach out to me and this is my contact info. Okay. Now, that's about a two to three minute video. What you want to do next is create what's called a scissor wheel. And a scissor wheel would be about a 20 to 30 second quick video. That's to entice people. And on that sizzle wheel, you have to, to watch the full video uh, tour click here. You know if you watch like videos on um, uh, Instagram TV, you know you see the, the a little bit of it in, in someone's feed and then and then it says click here to watch continue watching. The reason that is important is that you want to always add step commitments along the way, and this is what I mean. You want people to commit in small steps along the journey with you. That then, when there's time for them to make that final decision, it's not a leap, but just another step, right? Yeah. And anything that we can do that can be a step commitment, we want to include in the process. And by pressing that button that says "Yes, I want to have a video, I want to see the full video," that is a that is an action of commitment. You got that? So. I've seen videos where they, you know, go all around. And by the way, if there's a closet, you know, unless it's the closet size of a room, don't go in the closet. You know, I like to see people with a nice smile. I don't want to see inside their mouth. All right. (laughs) So, you know, leave something to the imagination. It's actually called business seduction. There's a whole science behind it that I share. And it's about how to seduce people, you know, along the way. So that's really important uh, when you do video tours is to keep that in mind. Um, it's very common for agents to look at what other agents are doing. Uh, look at what other people are doing. Be very careful um, that if you don't copy what everybody else is doing, and the reason why is because the fact of the matter is, I don't, you don't know if they, what they you know, this is all new for everybody. So just be careful about following the herd. Well, this one did, this one did, this one did. I'm going to do it <laughs> that way because it feels safe study it and really understand to do it the right way, which may be different than what everybody else is doing.
0: Yeah, I I fully agree. I mean, I think it's smart for agents to follow other agents, especially around the, the, you know, the country. Um, You might get referral business out of this and and learn from what other agents have done. Um, It might not be good. It might not be great. uh, But, you know, there is, you know, the more exposure you get to, you know, what else is happening in your other opportunities, um, I think the better
1: but absolutely right. don't follow the herd.
0: I mean, I fully agree yeah, with no, that. you.
1: Yeah, don't, no, you don't want to follow the herd. Um, and, and that's really what, that's the whole point behind this. There's been some talk about doing virtual open houses. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm gonna share my belief on that. Um, you know, you can try it. Uh, would the general public going to look at a, a thing and go to a virtual open house I don't really think, I think they're going to feel more comfortable just seeing a video tour of it. Um, I don't know if you guys done vid- virtual open houses before and what the success has been. Scott, do you have any feedback on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, we have, so, so on the phone right now, you've got uh, Westchester, Connecticut, Massachusetts with different rules and regulations. And, right. you know, the agents are all trying to do absolutely what they can with what they have. Because it, it's, you know, it's, in a lot of cases, it isn't an option. It's, you know, the, the tools that you have on your hand. Um, I know people have done virtual over ha- open houses. Most aren't that successful. Uh, but some of them have been. And, you know, it's another opportunity for somebody to see it. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, be there, be accessible. Don't put it in anyone's faces. But, you know, you are there to, you know, to showcase that real estate, make everything top of mind. And then sort of not sit back, but have the information ready.
1: Right.
0: Um, And, you know, with a a video tour and open houses, I love that two-minute snapshot. Um, But especially in today's market, I am a believer that have all the other videos backed up, ready to go in case a buyer really is interested
1: and they can't get there. Absolutely. So so on the virtual open houses, what I would recommend, uh, which has been successful and it's sort of what new development has done, you can do a broker's virtual open house where you can Uh, send out to other brokers in different areas, you know, in New York and, and whatever the case may be. And you can on a zoom walk through that. Now the point is, is that, you know, brokers like to go see other properties. They're going to have clients who may be interested. And so you can entice them as well. The other value is this. I am a huge believer in developing referral based business or referral streams yeah referrals don't really happen so much from the company control it really happens from the agent to agent relationship more than anything anytime that you can present yourself to other agents especially outside of your area that are referral potentials, then that is something that is always going to be beneficial for you you should look at your business you should look at, at referral-based business as another source of business not just whatever i get i get and I know certain agents really do a great job with referral based business. Um, an element is really probably situated better than any other company um, to really you know, enhance that, that, that referral based situation better than anybody else. Um, Scott has done, oh, I know when I have a, a, um, a, an agent that wants to you know, reach out and, and kind of get their feet wet up there and meet other people, Scott, you've been tremendously helpful in bringing, you know, agents outside to, you you know, within the agent network that you have. So bravo to you on that.
0: Yeah. And we have an agent that'll be, you know, we have a couple agents that'll be chiming in on our weekly meetings for individual offices where everybody's on screen. Right. Um, But no, I mean, and I'm glad that you pointed out that the. You know, everyone assumes that referrals come through the managers, through me, to the agents. Um, And I had that assumption, too, when I was an agent. Now that I'm on this side of the wall, so to speak, uh, absolutely not. I mean, they do uh, periodically. uh, But most referrals in the element ecosystem is element to element. And it's agent to agent directly. That's it is. Right. You know, make yourself top of mind, reach out. You know, everyone's sick of me saying this. But, you know, while we're sitting at home, guess what? Your counterparts are, too. And right. so if you've got a top agent you want to get a hold of,
1: it's not that hard. Um, they're, they're available. As we go through this, um, getting deals done and I'm sure many of you've experienced this becomes more challenging. Yes. When the level of uncertainty increases, influencing people becomes more challenging and you have to become better at influencing people. What I want to share are five Words called super words. Okay. A super word is a word that bypasses the rational brain, which is the gatekeeper, and goes right to the emotional brain. And because we make emotional decisions, anytime you can go right to the emotional brain, the response you're going to get back is going to be much richer and you're going to be able to connect much faster and influence people much greater. These are very simple super words. And if you can start incorporating this into your uh, your pitch, if lack of better terms, you're going to see you're going to see almost floodgates open of information, ways to connect and influencing people. It's really important now because the pitch that you used before uh, needs to be supercharged now because of all of what's going on with COVID. Right. You have to get more certainty. So the five super words are the first one is the word feel. So rather than saying, how does this home make you, how do you, what do you think of this home? How does this home make you feel? How does this room make you feel? You're going to get, uh, that goes right to the emotional brain. So the word feel is a super word. The next super word is the word see. Instead of when a buyer, when you reach out to, or when, when you deal with a buyer, instead of saying, what are you looking for? How many bedrooms, what kind of home and all that rational detail, Just say, so just tell me, ideally, what kind of home do you see yourself living in? A great way to close a buyer on a deal is saying, can you see yourself living here and being happy? If they say yes and says, you know what, let's put an offer in. That's a great way for them to commit. So the word see is a super word because our rational brain is blind. The next super word, and it's a word that my clients use a lot, is the word gamble. If, if you have a seller or a buyer who's on the fence and and maybe, maybe they want to hold off for a higher offer for a sell yeah. side or the buy side says, you know, I really want that home, but I'm going to really undercut them there. If you use the word gamble, that's going to just shatter everything they're thinking of certainty. And by saying, listen, I don't really, you don't want to gamble in this market, or you really are gambling now. And that word is a very powerful word. The fourth super word is the word compel. Knowing someone's motivation is very important, and finding out what is motivating you, or why are you looking to buy, or what's the reason you're looking to sell, the rational brain will pick that up, because that word is, is a rational brain hotspot, and it will answer you in a trimmed down version of what the truth is. So, a better way to say it is what is compelling you to put your home on the market? Or what's compelling you to start to look? You're gonna get every, all the information. You're gonna give them the reason why, who wants to, what they want, what this one wants, what they've seen before, who they work with before. And you're gonna get a, I mean, people use that and the response has been tremendous. So, the word compel. It's also great if somebody inquires about a property you have and says, you know, I saw your listing, I wanna know more about it. Great, what what compelled you the most about that property? Well, we love the the location, we love the neighborhood. You're gonna really find out what is gonna make the deal stick. So the word compel or compelling is a very powerful word. And the last word is the word educate. When you ask somebody to educate you about something, you, you are asking them to become a teacher. And a teacher will tend to over-explain things in detail so you understand. So if you go to a buyer and you say, why don't you educate me what you've seen so far, you're going to get a huge amounts of information. That's, and information is your best friend. If you talk to another broker, why don't you educate me more about your buyer, you're going to get more information. If you're, if you're another broker talking to a, a, the sales side, Why don't you educate me more about what the cell is looking for? Those words subconsciously turn us into the teacher, and then we share all these words. We share all this information. So, again, the super words are see, feel, compel, gamble, and educate. Okay. Learn to use those, and you're going to see a much greater return on the energy you put into doing things. Is that fair? Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So and again, if they, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, stop, no, you go, go, ahead. You go to, clo- to close that out. I have other questions. Yeah, no. If anybody has any questions regarding anything that I'm saying, feel free to uh, chime in. Um, and, you know, if any, any further thoughts, if you disagree with what I say, you know, feel, <laughs> I'd love to hear, hear that feedback as well. I always, I always accept the challenge, okay? Let's talk about disagreeing. Okay, you're going to get a lot of people coming into this market, and when the when the light turns green, and they're going to want to go out, and they're going to have their own um, set of beliefs and expectations. You're going to have sellers who believe their home is going to worth more. That's always been the case, and you have buyers that say, well, you know, it's post-COVID. We can. I want to go make. You know, put a put a lower offer in. The way that most agents deal with disagreements is to disagree with the person. You know, so if Scott, you were a seller, right? And, and, you know, I, I'm looking at the comps and I'm saying your house should be listed at 1 million. And Scott, what price do you think your house should be listed at? And Scott says, I think 1.2. Okay. The first reaction for me to say is, Scott, well, okay, let me show you the comps. And let me tell you why you'll never get 1.2. And if you really want to sell it now, I know I'm kind of just, you know, making it for Reader's Digest version here. But when I disagree with Scott, Scott's internal reaction is to be defensive. And when you become defensive, you're defending your thought, your belief. Scott will defend 1.2. The more that he defends 1.2, the more he's committing to it, yeah. which is counterproductive. It's better to agree with him, but under different circumstances. Watch this, right? So Scott says, Gary, I believe my, my um, property should go 1.2 million. I would say, Scott, I would agree with you 100%. That's a smart number. If it was a different market. But because it is because we're in this market and not the market that, that you know you're thinking about, I would definitely, you know, we have to then adjust the price accordingly. So if you agree, his defense mechanism does not get, you know, triggered. If his defense mechanism doesn't get triggered, then all of a sudden now he's relaxed and now he'll listen to me. So I'm saying that he's right, but he's really wrong. Yeah. And you have a much greater probability of people listening to you and agreeing with you in that sense. Does that make sense to everybody?
0: No, absolutely. And I, I do think that, you know, when you're talking to a seller that thinks that their house is way overvalued, that's a great time to use the word gamble. And, yes. you know, that's a great time to just to be like, you know, I, I, I appreciate where you are um. Right now we have a hot market. We don't know where we're going to be in six months. Uh, and then also, you know, a lot of people complain about negative news and any news and press that's negative as far as valuations, that's a time that you can use that news. You right. know, there's always a time you can use the news and the press. And there's always a time that you can, you know, work here to facilitate a transaction. We get paid on the volume we sell. And in an ideal world, we sell everything more or more, you know, higher values.
1: Uh, but ultimately we're here to facilitate the transaction. And and that's the point. And another thing for, from that perspective, remember as an agent, what is your, as a broker, what is your main responsibility to get your client, what they want, what they need, yes. not to necessarily get the most, the most, the cheapest price or the most money. I have seen deals almost fall apart because the buyer is willing to pay the higher price, but the broker wants to be a hero and try to get it for a lower yeah. price. Okay. Understand, take, take your hero mentality out of the, out of the equation. And make sure if the buyer's happy with that number, your job is to give them that, that property for the number they're willing to pay, okay? You know, within reason. So don't yeah. don't don't try to get stuck in the weeds. And that's another thing that happens. A lot of times when the negotiations go on, we get stuck in the weeds and we lose sight of the main objective. Reminding your clients, and that's why asking what's compelling you to look. Reminding them of that motivation. When they get stuck in the weeds, is a great way for them to get their head out of the weeds and see the bigger picture, and that's another important thing that you have to be able to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. We've I, spent I a lot... want... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> We've spent a lot of time talking about um, the similarities with top agents. You know, they're smart, they're aggressive, they're you know, they stay top of mind. Uh, but one area and I'd love to hear more about is that, you know, I do talk about to agents about how they can be different and they can be themselves. And, you know, since you work with so many top agents, I'm actually curious, what differences have you seen? And we don't need okay. to cite specific agents, but... Well, what do you, you, know, what do you mean?
1: Like differences between agents and themselves generally?
0: Things that have worked for one agent and that's different than things that have worked for other. And, yeah, you know, so- we know that they need to be aggressive and smart, um, but... You, you know, and you don't need to cite specific agents, but certain agents have had a
1: success with this and you know, it just differences. All right, so the first thing is, is that all top agents know their audience, okay? Um, it's like music. If you're a country singer, you know your audience. If you're a rock singer, you know your audience. If you're hip hop, you know your audience. You know, what agents, what top agents don't do is if, they, if, country, if they're a country singer, they don't try to sing hip hop. So the one thing is be true to your audience. Just speaking to your audience, okay? So if, uh, Eklund Gomes is doing one thing and Josh Rubin is doing something different, they're both successful because they have two different audiences. This is an example. Um, so you have to know your audience and, and that's the, the, the tunnel vision you have to have. It's very easy to be influenced and we are influenced by the social proof of what other people are doing. And what one agent does is great for their audience, but it may not work for your audience. So be true to your audience. Know your audience and, and be true to that audience. And everybody has an audience and know what that audience is and really talk to that, that audience and, and be what that audience expects out of you, okay? Yeah. So if someone has a young type of, you know, hip-hop, cool kind of audience, they have to be that. <coughs> if someone has some, an audience that's more conservative, then they have to be that. So know your audience and play that role. Does that make sense? And that's really the key. The other thing is that in real estate, there are two kinds of agents. There are swimmers and sunbathers. And a swimmer is out there no matter what, trying to find, make deals happen. When the tide gets tough, they're swimming harder. When the riptide happens, they're swimming harder. They're swimming out longer and deeper. They're doing whatever they can to find deals. The sunbather is the bro is the agent that sits on the water and waits for the deals to come to them. You know, when's my when's my phone gonna ring? What's my next deal gonna become? You know, they if they go if they swim they get wet they tuck their head on the water they they swim you know do a couple of strokes to come back and they sit down. And when this when there's no deals coming in they don't swim they move to a different part of the beach, or they you know they they find another team or another company or whatever they're looking for deals to be handed to them. In this market, and moving forward in real estate, sunbathers will get burned. You must become a swimmer. There's no and ifs or buts. You're gonna have to do things differently than you did before. If you don't like, if you're uncomfortable being on video, big deal, you gotta do it. You're gonna have to do things you don't like. This isn't, I like this, I don't like this, I like this, I'll do the things I like. And I'm not gonna do the things I don't like. You're gonna have to do everything that you like and don't like. And you're gonna have to face those fears and you're gonna have to face the uncomfortability. But re- just remember one thing. If you try something and you're uncomfortable and if it doesn't come out good, don't confuse uncomfortability with inability. Yeah. Two different things. When you get comfortable, you're gonna become better at it. Give yourself a chance. Learn and, and associate with people that are doing things right And push yourself to do things that you were uncomfortable doing before. Even though in those areas where you can't do video tours yet, you can't get into properties, practice on your own home. It's a performance. Practice doing a video on your own home. See how you sound. I don't like my voice. No one likes their voice. You know? And and so get over it. Push yourself through. Be, Be a swimmer. Because if you're going to be a sunbather and you're going to lay out on the sand waiting for deals to happen, you're going to get burnt and you're going to complain. This business is not cut out for sunbathers anymore. You've got to be a swimmer. And all the top brokers that I work with, what they have in common, every single one of them, yes, they have different audiences and different styles. They are all swimmers. And they've been swimming for a long time. And they're strong and they do things. And if you do things and you piss people off, that means you're doing it the right way. Okay. Okay. That's the, that's the truth. I don't like what you're doing. Then, then, you know, you got noticed. I love, I love the concept of selling your own house to a friend and yeah. you, you know, take
0: a video, pretend you're selling it, find a friend that, you know, and sell it to a friend. Um, or, you yeah, know, and
1: even use the video for your, even as you don't even have to post it, just use it for self-evaluation. Yeah, Evaluate. exactly. Exactly. Evaluate. Do I, do, am I too fast? Am I speaking too slow? You know, it takes, it's a performance. It takes practice. You know, I, I'm. I, you know, I, I, there are people out there who are waiting for the light to turn green, then they're going to wake up and go to work. Yeah. I feel bad for those people. There's a lot of things that should have been done and you have to do. And, and you have to be set up for the when, when it does open up or when it opens up differently to start doing it that way. You know, and that's one of the things that, you know, fortunately working with my clients throughout this whole process, they are on track that when the light turns green, they have momentum and they're going to, they're going to kill it. They're going to do really well.
0: The, uh, so the last question I'll ask you, uh, I mean, if anyone out there has a question, just put it in the chat or the Q and A and I'll see it. Uh, but the last question I wanted to ask you setting aside the obvious tech changes, what changes have you seen in the last decade or five years in the agent and you know, what an agents are doing and what they can do better and what they have done better.
1: Um. Communication, you gotta learn how to communicate really well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, agents now are um, have to brand themselves better, and this is the last decade the branding aspect came out, so you gotta get on that. But what has changed in this period of COVID, which I wanna address, is trust value with form of communication. In every form of communication, there's an associated trust value with it. And obviously, the objective when you're, when you're dealing with clients or potential clients isn't only to share information, but to build trust. Any opportunity to increase the level of trust, it's always gonna be beneficial for you. That makes sense. A, each form of communication has an associated trust value. The lowest trust value is email. The next is text. Then comes phone call, and then comes face-to-face. That's in the normal cycle. Video used to be, pre-COVID, a little bit between an email and a text, okay, and trust value. But during COVID, because people in society were conditioned to use video to talk to their friends, their family members, their doctors, you know, professionals, advice, everything, even watching the news where it was, you know, you know, in a studio, now it's in people's homes, you're basically watching a Zoom session on news many times. Our trust value to video has gone up. And that's why using video is so much more important, because it's a way to increase trust. So trust value of video right now went from just above, you know, just about a text, a little below a text, to almost uh, just above a phone call. You know, so it's just below face-to-face in person. So what you want to do is you obviously, if you talk, if you're communicating with buyers or sellers or, you know, and try to get them on a zoom call and have or FaceTime them so they can see your face. When we see your face, the trust goes way up than just hearing your voice.
0: Great. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Anything else? You, uh, hold on. Let me just see
0: if we've got any, no, nope, no more Q and A. Um, if any of the panelists want to raise their hands, uh, please. And you know, if you've got a question um, I'll call you. Oh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Gary, that's huge help. Uh, you know, I think a lot of agents will get a lot out of talking to you directly too. Um, I know you do one-on-one coaching um, and you work with top agents,
1: but I also assume you do work with agents that are up and coming. Yeah, so my, my, two, my two sweet spots are what I call rising stars, which is my, you know, which is true to my heart because I, I have taken so many rising stars and supercharged them. And also obviously top agents. Um, if you want to reach out to me, um i'll give you my uh my facebook is gary parks friend me my email is gary at gary com. okay i didn't have a chance to type it in scott because i was working here (laughs) um and if you want to reach out to me by phone it's 516-761-8400 that's (laughs) That's 516-761-8400 Um, and I'd be more than happy to engage with you and, uh, you know, if you any questions, uh, I'll help you out at all. Absolutely.
0: Thank so you again, been, Gary. I
1: really appreciate the opportunity to participate and share. And Scott, let me ask you a question. Please. I, I covered a lot of stuff here today, a lot of material. What stuck, what, what stuck out in with you that you feel was, you know, very impactful and very important.
0: Well, I mean, it's little things like the five words, and, you know, I try to learn myself from what other people are doing and take as much as I can to digest it. And, you know, the the, the one word that you mentioned today was gamble that, uh, you know, I think that that definitely resonates with the seller or a buyer for that matter um, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of conversational pieces. And, right. you know, I think that word is something that you can use and just sort of put in the back of your head, but keep reminding yourself. So when you sit in front of a seller and, you know, you have a hard time sort of, you know, conveying a certain uh, direction, uh, that's, that's a good word to use. Absolutely. So me, it's the little things. I mean, we've spoken over the, you know, over the years so much that a lot of what you've said um, has resonated already, but it's those little, those little things that I want to keep in the back of my head.
1: Good. You know, and, I, and that's, that's the point. I want to make help make a difference in, with the agents. I want them to do super well. I want them to kick butt. I want them to make a lot of money. I want them to be successful. More importantly, I want them to help people and always remember one thing. When the forest burns down, the regrowth is always thicker, more abundant, and richer. So expect great things coming up. Well, that's a great that's a great expression to end on. And
0: thanks again, Gary. Um, I look forward to talking to you soon.
1: Take care, everybody. Enjoy. Thank you. you too. Got well appreciated. Bye-bye. Thank now. you, Gary.